Alrighty. I, I know I ask you this every week, Graham, but do you have a joke? I didn't have one prepared for today. I couldn't think of like how do you look up like cyberpunk jokes or Well that's you... the beauty that's the beautiful thing, right? There's this game has so many different genres in it. It's got so the cyberpunk, it's got the fantasy, it's got like the noir, dark. Did you find yeah. anything? Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, maybe we should hmm. figure like a, a different, or at least maybe we should plan this better. Cause we do this like every single week. We really do. Well, sometimes we go with statistics. Yeah. Do you have any statistics on <clears throat> cyberpunk on like shadow run crimes? Let me, let me, here, let me look this up. Look it up. Okay. Berlin. Um, well, I guess this is a fact. So, uh, Shadowrun is a science fantasy tabletop <clears throat> role-playing game set in a near fictional universe, near future fictional universe, in which cybernetics, magic, and fantasy creatures coexist. It kind of combines genres of cyberpunk, urban fantasy, and crime, with occasional elements of conspiracy, horror, and detective fiction. Is introduced in 1989. Hmm, that's very interesting, actually. I didn't know it was that old. Yeah, because I wonder how much of its like originality is presented in Dragonfall. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways, um, hello everyone, and welcome to the Velvet Room Review. I'm Matthew, and I'm Graham, and we'll just put the we'll put the theme song in there somewhere. And this week we're going to be discussing um, it. It is a standalone expansion that came out in 2014. It's called uh, Shadowrun Dragonfall. Okay, I didn't realize it was 2014. Uh, it was yeah. earlier than that. Yeah, well, I think the original game, <clears throat> excuse me, came out. Uh, oh, okay. Here. Like I think Shadowrun was the game before it. I'm assuming. Shadowrun Returns. Returns. Yes, it releases downloadable content in 2014, and then an expanded version was later released in September 2014, known as the Director's Cut. Mm -hmm. So this is my um, first experience with a Shadowrun game. Is this your first experience as well? I've played all three of the the Returns games. Okay. So there's Shadowrun Returns, and then Dragonfall, and then Hong Kong came out a couple of years ago. Okay, do they um do they intermingle much? No, they're all loosely set like they're all set in the same universe. Um but they're not um they're not directly related to each other. Like the events of one game doesn't tie into the other ones. Gotcha. So, um am I correct in assuming that Shadowrun Returns is like a much more expansive game or is it the similar scale and scope? Uh Dragonfall's definitely larger. Oh, really? Um, yeah, no, the original one was a lot more linear from what I remember. Hmm. Um, so it had a lot, it was a lot more of a structured storyline. This one has a bit more of a free form. It's got more options for like internal character development. At least hmm. I found. Okay. 
Yeah, so this game was about, I don't know, it took me probably... Took you about 10, a dozen hours. Yeah, 10, 12 hours, probably. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that, I didn't really experience everything that there was to experience. I was, you know, I did the main content and a little bit of side stuff. But I, I felt like it was a perfect, a perfect balance um, between the three acts. I think the the last mission dragged on a little bit, but maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, Graham, how did you like Dragonfall or Shadowrun Dragonfall? Yeah, so like I enjoyed it definitely. It was a bit of a weird experience for me because, well, I thought I played it a lot longer ago, but um, this was kind of a it was an important game for me because um, it kind of showed the potential of like story-driven games where you had a place to play. Um, Because I hadn't really played something like a Mass Effect before that. Um, Because my other games had been more like either pure story or pure gameplay. Mm -hmm. This was around like, this was probably toward the, I guess, the late end of the golden age of indie games. Um, Because that was like 2011 or so, I thought. Um, Let me check. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Yeah. So like, um, yeah, it was kind of cool revisiting it. this, the writing's super sharp, and it's like a, it's a neat setting, and there's the opportunity for you to really get into it. I know, like the first time I played, I probably put 25 hours into it. Oh wow! Yeah, because um, like each of the characters, like you can go into their backstories, and like they each have a personal mission, and um, you can there's like mini storylines with the members of the crew bazaar. Uh, like the city that you kind of is your hub world um, that you can interact with. And yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, I really, it's got a special place in my heart. Yeah, that's good. Um, <clears throat> so, did, sorry, did you say you spent 25 hours this time around or the first time? No, this time I only spent around about the same 12 hours or so. Okay, but that shows you like, like I do think that if you did everything in the game that there was to offer, that easily you would hit twenty plus hours. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, I really like the way the game is structured. It's it kind of hit all those little beats for me. Like it felt like a very tight experience. Your opening act, you kind of get into a bit of trouble. Then act two is you basically need to raise a certain amount of money by doing these odd jobs that aren't necessarily connected to the main plot. Um, so in that time, you get to know your crew a little better. You get to learn a little bit more about the world when you're not necessarily like you're, you're still learning more about what's going on behind the scenes, but your primary goal is kind of, um, parallel to the main threat. And then act three, of course, brings it all together and ties it up in a neat little bow. So, yeah. Um, Graham, do you want to try and give it like a synopsis of the story? Yeah, so the basic idea is, so it's set in, um, was it 2064, 2053? Uh, 2054-ish, I think. Okay, so I was 2050s, almost there. 2050s. Yeah, so like near future, the idea is that um, magic has awakened in the world. So And then people have turned into like orcs and elves and dwarves um, and also just humans and dragons have awoken and basically become like CEOs of major companies, um, presidents. Yeah, and so it um, it takes place in this kind of gritty 
cyberpunk world where people known as shadow runners um, operate behind the scenes uh, doing jobs like shady jobs for taking down mega corporations or just like if someone needs to be offed stuff like that um, and you take you are part of a team that does a, a run on the Harfield Manor and run goes sour <coughs> sorry um, the run goes bad and it ends up that one of your party members gets killed and so you start to try to figure it you barely get it alive your team is trying to figure out what happened and there's rumors that a dragon that fell into this um, it takes place in Berlin uh, fell into this one part of Berlin and was killed by this person named Leclerc I think I think it's Vol- like Volcare. Volcare. Yeah. And um, anyways, there's rumors that this dragon is reawakening or something like that. Regaining its power. Regaining its power. Yeah. And so you're trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, that, that's basically it. Yeah. And and there are elements as well of like um, like you have, you have different choices leading to different outcomes so this is like it's it's your standard dungeons and dragons right where um you know your experience is probably gonna be a little bit different than mine um and yeah there's different classes and races that you can play as and sometimes people will treat you different depending on what race you are yeah and and you can choose different crew members um there's a whole selection of of um teammates and squad mates that aren't necessarily in your base and with you but you can purchase them for use you can basically hire them um Mm -hmm. which i never utilized but i'm not sure graham did you ever utilize those yeah me neither um but yeah no it's um it's a very interesting premise um like before we we started playing i was really looking for like a a fantasy themed type game i was i was kind of like having an inkling for uh skyrim and playing this kind of kind of scratched that itch a little bit for me because it's got all your, like you said, orcs and trolls and things like that um, in a setting that, like, you've never really had them in before. And I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, it's a neat mix. Yeah. Um, this game, it really didn't make me... Th- <laughs> this is going to sound like a criticism, but it's not. It didn't really make me think a lot until I beat it. Um and there are some themes that, to me, come pretty late in, in the game um, that can re- really make me think, at least. Um, I'm not sure, Graham, do you want to touch on those now? or? Sure, like... Um... Well, yeah, so to me, so at the end of the game, you, you, you discover that the guy that you're th- you think is going to try and stop the dragon is actually helping the dragon but when you go break in to stop him and the dragon you learn that his plan is to use the reawakening dragon to basically infect a plague on all the other dragons resulting in their deaths um Mm -hmm. but the way he's going to do this is release a pathogen but he needs to spread it across the globe so he's going to um basically launch a catastrophic attack on berlin kill many millions of people and disperse the rest so that they'll go across the world, spread the plague, kill the dragons. 
mm-hmm. and you are kind of presented with a, a series of options. Um, one option is you could help him and allow him to do this. The other options result in you stopping this attack, but then you have also options to release the dragon, help the dragon, free the dragon, or kill the dragon. Um, you can upload the dragon with an AI if you wanted to. Um, you have lots of different options about what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for me, what hit me most afterwards is after you get back from that run, um, your team kind of discusses, like, who are we to make these choices? And yeah. why? how do we know that we're making the right choices? And that was what really hit me, because throughout the game, I was constantly faced with choices, and I, I never... I never knew what the right choice was. <laughs> I, yeah, I never good. I never felt like I knew what the right choice was. And I made choices that I ended up regretting. That's good. Um, but see, <laughs> like for example, there there is a, an AI that is um, directly responsible for killing um, one of your teammates in the very early part of the game. And you, you are under the impression that it's helping the, the bad guys, quote unquote. And so you can kill the AI, but before you do that, it tries to bargain with you to save its life. It it argues that it's not really free; it's still shackled. So if you free it, it'll help you. Um, and I I opted to kill it. And when you do okay. that, when you do that, um, it it basically begs and pleads with you not to kill it. And it kind of like asks you why with its last breath. Like, I could have helped you. You didn't need to do this. I just wanted freedom. And so, internally, I felt a little guilty. But at the same time, I'm like, what if it's still just deceiving me? Right? I Like, I, I didn't know if I could trust it. Yeah. And so, that was the that was the interesting dynamic that I felt like, like, okay, I, I'm, I'm feeling guilty, but I'm also feeling justified. Like... I just I didn't feel like I had enough information to free it, and at the end of the day, so like killing it was the safer option, although it's ethically questionable, and it's not a choice I would have made in a game like Mass Effect necessarily. Yeah, you think of like minor spoilers for Mass Effect, but like the Geth situation, like it's a kind of it's almost a little bit of a similar thing, but it's um pretty much yeah it, it is. <laughs> Yeah. 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 So like yeah, no I found the game did a good job of making choices a little bit more gray. Absolutely. Um, and I think one of the strengths of the game is that it allows you to it gives you a fairly wide set of responses to make for different situations. Mhm. Um so like even though a lot of the responses are kind of like kind of like when you get options prompts in Persona to say something and they all say the same thing basically yeah um but sometimes like a decent amount of time you have enough control over the situation that you can actually um you feel like you're making an impact Mm -hmm. on it like you can you can put your foot down and say no you're not going to do that or and then you have to kind of deal with the ramifications of it um well there are a bunch of times where like so you could like probably like talk your way out of a situation out of a confrontation. Oh, I and, love that. And sometimes, oh, I don't have enough enough wisdom, or I don't have 
the right charisma for this situation. Um, but then there are other times where you just say the wrong thing. Yeah. And, and it ends in bloodshed. <laughs> um, yeah. And I thought that was kind of interesting because um, I felt like more often than not, I couldn't talk my way out of situations. M- well, I would say half because I didn't have the necessary skills, but then half that I, I, I made the wrong dialogue choices. Yeah, I feel like charisma is a stat that like, I always had valued it pretty high, so I put it pretty high mm-hmm. in both of the characters that I ran, like the first time and this time. Yeah. Um, so like I was able to take kind of those non-combative stances, which that was kind of a watershed moment for me when I was playing it for the first time was mm. there's a quest where you can go the entire thing, like the entire side mission without firing a gun. What quest was that? It was one of the side ones where like supplies that are being taken, like are being intercepted. Oh yes. Yep. Yeah, and so you can go down into the base and actually broker a deal with them. Say, hey, we'll we'll give you some supplies if you like trade with us. You, you know, basically broker a trade agreement. Yeah, but sometimes I don't know about you, Graham, but sometimes I'm just like, I do not have time for this. Yeah, you can do. <laughs> that's a valid option. Yeah, and, and they like, they give you the option to be like, nah, just attack. I really like that. They were, they they give you option like draw your gun first before he can fire on you, or you can do an option where like he they will get the chance to attack first, but it, it might pay off in like a in an effort way. It could be like like a try to talk your, your way out of it way, but then it ends up him attacking you first, or you could you can attack first, you can initiate and get the edge. So you have yeah. to weigh that option. Absolutely. Yeah. No. That was that was cool. Mm-hmm. So you can't talk your way out of every situation, mm-hmm. but you also don't necessarily need to use violence to do everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of the, another thing that really kind of hit me at the end of the game is um, like the, one of the reasons I didn't go along with Volker's plan to destroy the dragons is that I did not really know a lot about them. And, and there's dialogue about like at the very end of the game of like, you know, think of yourself in a moth. Like, why does a moth fly to the light? What do you know? Do you understand its ways? Does it comprehend your ways? Like, there's just such a vast difference. His lifespan is minutes compared to your 80 years or whatever. And I felt that ac- ac- argument to be pretty compelling, actually, in ter- terms of, like, putting ourselves above creatures that are beyond us. Yeah. In terms of, like... I don't know what the dragons are up to, but that doesn't necessarily mean their dragons are all evil. Um, no, it's I mean, a certain arrogance. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's kind of like the implication that the game tries to present, that they're kind of shadowy, they're using us as pawns, but I don't... Well, up until the last little bit of the game, I didn't never really saw any evidence of that. Um... Mm-hmm. And again, it kind of was. It kind of made me think, like, you know, I don't know the right choices, so I shouldn't be making these decisions. I should be making these calls. Um, I I don't really know what I'm doing, like as the character. And I thought that was really interesting because, like, in a game like Mass Effect, like the options that you have, I felt I felt pretty confident in them most of the time. 
and Detroit Become Human, I felt like this made sense for my character. But these options, I don't know if it was because there wasn't a lot of, like, um, description or information given to me. I just never felt like I had enough, like I mentioned before. Like, the plan to wipe out all the dragons, I never experienced the evilness of a dragon other than the one I'm trying to kill right now. Yeah. So, I thought that was an interesting point. And I guess also in the end, you can kind of, like, talk with the dragon. I didn't do that, unfortunately. I don't know if you did, Graham. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, I was you... kind of hoping that you had talked to it. Uh, yeah, I... So, like, um... <laughs> I just um, blew up the lab? I just blew up the lab and I got out of there. <laughs> so, no, that's, anyways. That's a, I... Yeah, I, I... Yeah, so, um... Like, there... The, so, the dragon kind of gets split into two... Into a human form and the dragon form. And the human form helps you a little bit and asks you to free it. But in the end, I just decided to blow up the dragon. A, because I was like, this thing's in misery, misery and I... And I don't know if I can trust it because of what it did before. And so I left. That was okay. my reasoning behind it. So um, I decided, so um, first of all, like you played a mage, right? Uh, yes, I did. Okay. I played an adept, which is kind of like a mix between a mage and a, um, like a combat character. Okay. So it, um, Basically, like I had chi skills or key skills, kind of yep. like a monk, actually. Yep. Um, so I could like buff my unarmed attacks and stuff like that. Okay. Um, anyways, I took a point in um, spell casting. So you're able to like use astral projection to look at the creature. Um, and I was able to kind of figure out that like this dragon, the reason that she awoke. And the reason that she like burned Berlin was because the last time she had awoken, the world was green. Um, and then this time she awoken, the world was gray and black. And then mm -hmm. that like drove her mad. So mm -hmm. um, you have the option of convincing her to um, like basically wait until the next cycle of the world. And then hmm. like when things will be green and good again and she'll fly away hmm. so that's the that's the choice that i made interesting yeah and um as you know like in the epilogue um you're on the train with someone who says that they're working for a dragon um and that that person will tell you that like yeah this dragon is not like the rest like very much was all about um the earth and nature and stuff like that. Hmm. So yeah. So that 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 guy at the end, he is actually a dragon in human form. According to Wikipedia. Oh really? According to Wikipedia. Okay. He's loafer. Okay. I I don't think I picked up on that. I didn't either. Um but he 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 reveals at the end of the game that you were working for Lofer, another dragon, pretty much all along. Like, Lofer set these events in motion and has kind of been yeah. watching you proceed um, and then wants to hire you, basically, and you can either accept or reject. 
and I thought that was um, pretty interesting. It kind of added more to, like, my feeling of, like, I'm just no- nobody in this. Like, this guy was hi- hired me, set all this in motion. He knew everything was happening. Um, and, and like, you're really just a pawn. I'm really just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just this thing that he's using to accomplish his goal. And I get paid handsomely for it. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting because it was like, wow, that's cool. That's a neat little twist that doesn't really, like, that kind of shapes um, the game a little bit. Um, for me, yeah, at least. It puts a little bit of a spin on it. Like, it gives you a new perspective. Because essentially, it, essentially the entirety of the game is like a revenge story. Like, your your previous team leader dies. Um when you're trying to break into the manor and then you realize, Oh, it's because there's this dragon there. And you think the dragon's pulling the strings and killing everybody. But as you kind of deep, you know, you, you dive deeper and deeper, you kind of pull away the layers and realize it's more complex than that. Um, so I, I, I thought that was a really interesting twist to kind of tie it all together. Mm -hmm. That, this guy knew what was going on, but needed somebody else to take care of it. Yeah, he said something about delegating. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. I think, like, the one thing that I found about the game that I was not a huge fan of was the combat. Um, I felt that, like, there. I think it was after you and I both played the mission that was like really hard. Yeah. That was like, you had to fight through 30 guys and it's just basically just combat the entire mission. Yeah. Um, and it took me like three hours. Yeah. And I, I was realizing like, this isn't, this isn't why I'm playing it. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like I played a melee character, which I don't know if you ever tried to use glory but uh, melee is tough. See, I um, loved Glory. I felt like she was my best combatant. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I constantly just sent her in and she was fine. Okay, well, that's that's good. Um, <laughs> I, like, my character died a couple times because, like, you run in there and, like, you're the main target. Yeah. So, but For... um, the Adept has a few buffs so that you can... You can basically like always have light cover bonus. Yeah, like so oh, that's cool. Even if you're running around in the open, so it's useful. Yeah, there's definitely like a lot to the game that you might not experience. Um, I mean, the game doesn't give you like heavy tutorial. I don't know if actually if it gives you any tutorial at all. If I can yeah, remember, I'm not sure. Most. I don't recall any like pop-up screens or anything like that. But um, you, uh, it definitely was difficult at the start, but. For me, I was starting to pick up on things to make combat easier. I was a, I I learned, hey, I can go and buy health kits for myself and give them to That's all my important. teammates, and I can buy these revi- auto revive things that are hugely important. Oh um, yeah. At first, I was decking with Blitz, the optional character, and um, after a couple of decks, I realized, oh, I can summon like little programs in here to help me fight against the protective programs so that was pretty cool mm-hmm. um yeah and 
yeah, I, it, it kind of grew on me and I got better at it as the game went on. Um, I do, I did find that often the game is a little over heavy on the combat and doesn't give you sufficient time to um, heal up and rest and regroup. Yeah. So, um, particularly in that mention, that mission you mentioned where it's literally 30 guys, like nonstop. So, yeah, I think, and and you're four people. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. I think the later game, I think Hong Kong did it a little bit better with the balance. Yeah. From what I remember. One, one interesting mission where, um, there was a mission where they, they placed bombs in the sewers and you had to go defuse them but you only had a, like you had 10 turns to do that and the only way of course to defuse the bomb is to get right up to it and click it with one of your people so you kind of have like to divvy up your team and then also kind of almost sacrifice them to defuse the bombs in time and then take everybody out because you just can't take everybody out in time to defuse all the bombs safely oh at I least mean, I, I mean, couldn't. <laughs> yeah, I was... I kind of just, like... Yeah, I did it. I ran really fast. But you killed everyone before defusing the bombs? Um, I think in the last area, I didn't um, kill everyone. I just ran up and defused the bomb and then killed everyone. But yeah. the first two areas, I killed everyone first. Yeah. I I had to do that twice because right at the la- like I had defused all the bombs and then Iger went down and I couldn't get to her in time to revive her. Yeah. Because I had split my team up, so then I split my teams um, into two, defused the bombs, killed everybody, and then kind of regrouped on the third, and had yeah. to yeah right in there. But um, yeah, Iger was a beast. I loved having her on my team. Oh, she's great. She's probably one of the best damage dealers. Yeah. What was your like? What was your usual team? Did so you my, have one? Yeah, my usual team was, of course, my player character, Glory, Iger, and Blitz. Yeah, that was the same for me. Um, I didn't really use D D Tree. What is it? I think that's his name. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, and as soon as you got Dante, um, I thought that was a really cool addition, but I was really upset that you couldn't have five people on your team because I would not have replaced him with another person. So yeah, I never used him after the one mission that you got him. But, um, yeah, um, I mean, Blitz, I just took along because I needed a fourth and he could deck, so. Yeah, deckings was very useful. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, it, it, I would say, like, I don't know, what was this game, like, 20 bucks? I think originally, yeah, about 20 bucks. Yeah, it's probably less than that now. Um, definitely worth it definitely um it's got a neat atmosphere it's got a a very good way of like experiencing the feel of a role-playing game like Bingo. a tabletop one yeah without actually having to have other people yeah absolutely or or even like like it, it gives you the sense of like a of an rpg video game but within a much condensed period of time yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not, not a, an ADR game, or it's not a JRPG. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 you still get to like know the characters oh, probably absolutely. better than some JRPGs. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it was. Um, it was pretty good. So. Yeah, no, I, 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 again, I like the fact that 
like you could really dive deep or you could just stick with the missions and and still get a sense of everything that's going on yeah so yeah and and as well because there are so many different ways to play um and and bonuses and benefits to one skill tree over another you could easily play the game again and have new or different options um, based yeah. on your skills, right? You could talk your, your way out of a lot of situations. You could hack your way into a lot of situations. Um, like there you are could just bust down doors yeah. if you have a high enough strength. Yeah, <laughs> which is so much fun. <laughs> there are a lot of ways to complete missions as well. There's not normally there's not just one way to do it. There are multiple ways to do it. You can trick a guard, or you can just kill him, or you can go disguise yourself. Um, one thing I had an issue with was there was one mission where um, you have to break in to just to blow up the building, and so I okay. broke in and then disguised myself and then went into the next room, and someone was like, "Hey, I don't recognize you. What's your ID number?" And it was like, "Man, <laughs> not yeah, you kill didn't you. have the charisma." Yeah, yeah. That must so. have been a tough mission for you. Um, you know what? Was I actually managed to get through the whole thing without uh, oh, without awesome. fighting. That's awesome. Well, what I had to do was I had to go into like these sewers and rescue this chick and overload the power, which turned out their security systems. So yeah. then I was able to get into the building, um, infiltrate to get the, the outfits. Then I fought two guys before I got to the elevator. Then once you get down to the lower levels, you have to fight through a bunch of guys. But it really wasn't that okay. hard. So, like, you you have a certain amount of time to get out of there before reinforcements come. So I was able to kill everyone in the basement, hit the thing, then get out of there. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I wasn't able, like, um, there was, like, a side option to help cover the tracks of the people that helped you blow up the generator. But uh, I didn't have time for that, so they all got killed. Oh. But. Um, quick question. Did you get a chance to play that one mission? Um, can't remember what I, I recommended it to you. The one in the, where, um, it was like the building that was under quarantine. Building that was under quarantine. Yeah. It was one of the side missions. I'm going to say no, cause I don't, it's not, I, I'm not recalling. Okay. It. Uh, that was probably like, for me, that was probably my favorite mission in the game. At least for like recollection, like it was still a very good mission, but basically you um you go into this uh it's the doctor that gives you this mission, and it's like, okay, this lab that I own has been under quarantine for a year or whatever, but suddenly it's um there's signs of life in there, so if you can go and uh figure out what's going on and retrieve my research and you go in there. And there's a scientist who has um, been trapped in there for over a year um, and has basically gone mad and thinks that all of the security drones are his, like, subjects and that he is a king. Huh. Um, and he has a... Um, there's a whole thing about, like, there's a basilisk in the basement that's stopping him from reaching the switch to turn off the over uh, quarantine. Huh. But he's he's basically deluded himself into thinking that he's from this fantasy TV show, um, and that he's the 
the lord of this area and that all of his robots are his vassals. <laughs> and there's a, his computer in the back that has 11 episodes of this really terrible, like, 70s, like, He-Man-style cartoon. And um, Blitz notices that there's one of the episodes is missing. So you can actually um, download that episode for him um, and give it to him. And he's like weeping in gratitude. Um, <laughs> and then there's one last part in that, like you, you disable the quarantine and you leave and you go outside. Um, and then all these um, like gang members come up and they're like, okay, well, we're going to shoot you and we're, we're taking this over. And then if you've helped him, uh, the music from the TV show starts like blaring over the speakers and the drones come out and help you in the fight. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's... He's summoning his banners to protect you. Yeah. <laughs> his vassals. He's like, go out and defend your land. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Yeah. Well, that's cool. They, they did have some pretty neat little um, side missions. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that that was my that's my ramble. Hmm. Um, how would you rate this game, Graham? Probably like a Yosuke. Okay. That might sound a little low, but I think it's more of like it's like your partner kind of thing. It like it's very comfortable. Like it's yeah. you can you can just kind of hang out with it. Yeah. Okay. Like it asks some difficult questions, and it's got depth to it. But it's also a game that you can kind of, like, I don't know. That that's how I'd rate it. Yeah, I I think I would maybe give it like a Yukiko, because okay, I've, like I I I kind of felt like I don't know, like I had like, I could go with that too. Kind of like you don't really know what to do, and I felt like that was Yukiko's kind of struggle. Like she she had these goals and dreams, but also these like expectations, and she never really knew what the right choice was. Okay. And so I kind of felt that way too. Like you, you are making these big decisions, but I wasn't really thinking of that at the time. Like I was trying to figure out these small decisions and I just, yeah, I guess I just never really knew what the right call was. Okay. So that, and I think that's like one of the most, one of the, I I don't think I experienced that a lot when I'm playing a video game of this nature. Um, like there are sometimes maybe when I like regret my choice, um, like when I kill Tally by accident, um, or like I kind of think back later and go, well, that was a mistake, but, but the choices that I made mostly, I didn't know if they were right or wrong after I had made them. Like, I don't know if it was a mistake. I don't know if it was the right thing to do. I just don't know. So, but, they but don't... you didn't know like in a way that. It wasn't a frustration. Right. Yeah. Like nobody was like kind of whacking you over the head with it. I like that as well. Like no, none of your party members really got like ultra mad at you for killing the AI or killing the, the, the dragon. Um, like it was just still your choice and, and, and none of your team really had strong feelings one way or the other, at least in any of the um, decisions I made. Yeah. So, yeah, it w- and they weren't necessarily 
with the exception of maybe the end, like world ending changes. Um, they were kind of more just like more about the entity that you were dealing with. Yeah, no, it was a lot of small stuff like supplies or um, like what's going to happen to your home base. Yeah. Like well, there was, there's a lot of focus on um, the fact that like your old party member was kind of like a mother to this town. Yeah. And yeah. now you're stepping into their shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite missions was the one where you go in and you have to like save the Mark Six or whatever. And the Mark Six turns into be like this armored troll that has um, cybernetic chips where you control him basically. Yeah. And like you kind of read the mind of the creature and you realize like he's in pain and he's calling for help and you can kill him or you can use him. And I was like, well, I need to get paid, so I'm using you to get out of here um, and then turn him in. So I don't know if that was the right choice, but I had to get the money. Yeah, and I I did, like, I, we got all the way outside, and then he was like, just please. And so, like, we did. Uh, and so, like, the doctor was pretty upset, but did, so I still got, oh, you I got the I money? still got paid. Oh, that's weird. I can't remember. Hmm. Yeah, it's... Yeah, so... um, I would definitely recommend it if you're looking for a good 15-hour RPG with some interesting lore and world-building. Yeah. Um, did you read much into the... I'll call it the bad ending, quote-unquote, um, where, where you, you let, decide to... Let the plan go through? Uh... A little bit. Yeah, so essentially if you allow this dragon plague to proceed um, after a year because all the dragons are gone all these terrible monstrous creatures basically take over the earth almost or the conflict between these creatures does because there's no, there's this big power vacuum now, right? And yeah. like most life has been driven underground and people aren't hiding because these conflicts um, are just so crazy and they're, they're like they were only kept in check because of dragons so yeah that's oh. no, interesting yeah so the seemingly good idea if you were but good intentions and all yeah. that yeah yeah all right yeah so thanks everybody for listening um we'll be back next week with Something Two weeks from now. Yes, thank you. Uh, we have something new. Yeah, that's next time, right? No, that's two times from now. Wait, no, is it? It's next time. <laughs> right. We're, we're, we're doing something new next week. Yeah. Yes, we are. Something we've never done before. Yes. Which I mean, which could be a many, many things. Because there's lots yeah. we haven't done. There are thousands of other, <laughs> other games. Well, that's true. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna next next episode. We'll be doing our best Scottish accents for the entirety of the episode. Yes, <laughs> I hope you all look forward to it. <laughs> I know we're not. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, uh, I'm excited, Graham. Mm -hmm. We better schedule that. 
Yeah, we better do that. Okay, let's do that now. Um, anyways, we will say goodnight. And uh, again, thank you for listening. Please tell your friends. That's how we grow. Um, we do appreciate all who listen. So everyone have a good night. Yes, good night.